0: When we can just calm the noise and center ourselves and practice that, we then will begin to practice responding. And then responding will actually become the thing that is most comfortable and most natural, not the reaction, not the high stress, more so this calm, chill, center soul being leading the charge.
1: Welcome to The Madeline Show. podcast fam. I want to help you position yourself as a leader for 2023 by speaking up about who you are and what you do. Join me and a cohort of other brilliant entrepreneurs as I show you all how to increase your impact, income, and influence with my speak up method. Attract soulmate clients, get speaking gigs, land press features, and grow your brand all without having a big audience. Become a founding member and spend four days with us live as we perfect your pitch and come up with a game plan for getting you in front of larger audiences. ASAP. Head on over to the Madeline Show.com/slash speak up for all the details and to sign up. I cannot wait to see you inside.
0: Leaf McCrum Taurus, welcome to the Madeline Show.
2: Thank you. Good to see you.
0: Yeah, you too. I am so excited you're here. You guys, I have known now for two and a half years at least we uh, know each other through my old business Aspen Art Curation. Leaf came on and joined which meant that he was one of the founding members of what is now Build the Biz and I also represented his artwork which was super fun and it feels like forever ago but really that was only spring of 2021. So Leif what have you been up to?
2: Oh gosh, lots of things. I, as you know, when we met, I was living in Austin, Texas, and since then I've moved to San Francisco, which is amazing ecosystem here for uh, all the things I'm interested in, um, you know, art, uh, business, uh, networking. It's just a beautiful place here.
0: Yeah, and I guess I didn't properly introduce you. You guys, Leaf is not only an artist; he is a filmmaker. Oh, man, he is just crushing life and finding all these different opportunities to let his entrepreneurial spirit shine. In our last conversation, he told me that his dad was an entrepreneur and he was just talking to me about all the things he's involved in. And really my, the light bulbs in my brain went off. This man was born with this. Like, I don't know if it got passed down genetically, if there's like an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial gene or what, but you have the entrepreneurial mindset and spirit. So how has that been working out for you?
2: You know, it's uh, been a lifelong passion of mine. Um, I think I'm, I'm really kind of a jack of all trades um, is what I'm comfortable with. And that's suited for, I think, uh, startups, entrepreneurial spirit. Um, early on, my dad introduced me to business people, uh, would go to meetings with him. And uh, so I've just always been in that. It's in in the blood, definitely.
0: Well, Leif, it has been awesome to be in your world as you've been growing and moving from Austin to San Francisco. And I know that your projects have been growing because when I met you, I didn't realize that you did all these other things. You know, you came to me as an artist wanting your work represented. um, And so we did that. But as you joined my group and began taking the trainings, and I started learning about you, um, that's when I realized that you had these bigger visions. And so, can you bring us back to Austin and just talk about how this vision of moving to San Francisco and getting involved in the film industry really came to life?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I was, as you were saying, stating the question, and, and... I was thinking really like, um, some of the forms I had to fill out to, um, with, through your, um, involvement, um, kind of crystallized some of the things I wanted to do and where I was in that yeah. journey. And so, um, I, in Austin, I had studied at the university of Texas at Austin. I actually studied radio, television, and film and convergent media. Um, so it's kind of a crossroads of technology and, and media of different kinds, but years that was years ago. and I moving forward from that, from that point, um, had a, had kind of a mo had an awakening really where, um, I didn't, I mean, I'll disclose I had a nervous breakdown and had to bounce back from that. It really rocked my world. I had to change my, my point of view on things. Um, I, that journey has been pivotal for me. Um, it was really kind of a time where I gained soul. I mean, I really like got into community. I really got into service. I, discovered the nonprofit world. I discovered foundations. As a result of that, um, I really took my art seriously, um, found you, started working at, at that, in that endeavor, and then realized that, that my art was an outlet for, um, a stronger kind of a a vision and a passion of mine, um, and life themes of, again, service and community, um, volunteered in nonprofit world, um, had racked up about 1600 hours in, in, in volunteer service, did things like graphic design um, and had touched the film industry um, right out of college as a location scout and um, location manager, assistant manager on different features um, that were filmed in the Austin area. And then, um, so used that experience, um, really leveraged it and found myself more recently um, envisioning myself working in a foundation which I was able to fulfill um it's a great experience um it was short-lived it was supposed to be a three-year f- fellowship but i realized that i was really ready to move to san francisco um which i did um so uh since then really again going back to crystallizing my my thoughts on paper um was really helpful i had written a book i think at that point um realized i wanted to do things like make music and get back into film Moved to San Francisco, started making documentaries, started shooting shorts. I'm at the point now where my projects are done with post production and they're ready to go out to film festivals. Making great nice. contacts here in San Francisco. Um, just had a Zoom call with a, a gentleman that's a post production um, supervisor and he's phenomenal. I've met other phenomenal people throughout my life that have really, you know, helped me get to where I am now.
0: Oh, wow. Thanks for sharing all of that. I've been open on my channels and hear about well not all of it but some of my mental health challenges and the recent diagnosis of bipolar and all the physical stuff that comes along with that that people don't really know about. And so I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that through this breakdown you experienced breakthrough, right? Absolutely. Because when we when we hit the ground as entrepreneurs, it's going to happen. And we do need to be the ones that pick ourselves back up every time. That's what makes an entrepreneur successful. It's not necessarily how smart they are, it's how long they can keep going. How many how many times can they pick themselves back up after they fall? Do they surround themselves with the right team? And what you were able to do with that breakdown was open up a whole new perspective on life. It opened you up to new community, new opportunities. And I I really value that the breakdown in your journey and how you're standing here today with all of these opportunities not even opportunities things that you've already grasped right like your films are ready to be in the festivals post-production's almost done I mean that is so so exciting
2: it is I mean uh, that's that's one thing that I've I've done that I'm really proud of um working with people to finish that films is collaborative and San Francisco is a great place for that I've also, I mean, random things like um, finished a, a single and had an ADM mix of my single, which I'm really excited about. And um, the producer is in um, England. He actually is, the studio's in, in Italy and we've worked together sending files back and forth, done the, done the laid down the vocal tracks here in the Bay Area. Um, another thing I'm doing is uh, recently filed uh, paperwork for my C Corp, which nice. um, is incredible. Um, it's easier than ever to do those kinds of things now. Um, networking as usual, and you know, and um, what else have I done? Got the websites going, uh, got the business plan done, the marketing plan. Uh, we discussed, you know, pitch decks that that I'm working on now, and budgets and things like that. So uh, yeah, it's exciting. And I've got a show uh, in Miami coming up for my art. Still doing that. Um, yeah. Been doing, you know, UX design, um, uh, different screens. I've worked with Hastings Law School. Um worked with um, different you know, alumni members on different projects and um, just a host of things. It's exciting.
0: Yeah, and thanks for sharing all of that because um, a lot of people these days want to be entrepreneurs and a lot of people see entrepreneurs on Instagram or social media and then they tend to think that your business has to be built on social media. But I love how you're talking about all the different communities and things that you're doing that don't involve these apps at all, right? Like creating pitch decks, a business plan, a sales and marketing strategy. You're going out there and creating teammates. You're building a global team and you're not just talking about what you're doing on the internet. You are running a business, I would almost say multiple brands underneath one umbrella. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. I mean, another project that I have in the works that I mentioned was um, a fashion line. Uh, we're doing micro capsule so within the fashion line um, my designers in another country my manufacturing is going to be here in the United States um, and then next to that is my education brand and then next to that is uh, my UX design brand um, and that's all facilitated by uh, things that aren't necessarily on social networking sites um, one thing to consider is ROI on on networking and um, and so that's I think it's important to have a, a your your image out there on these sites because they have definitely come in handy another thing that i recently just as of today i had my first meeting with um nyu has an incubator that i was accepted into and that was you know part of my package is um showing what what my um, presence is online so there is a bit of that
0: yeah. Yeah, and so that they wanted to see more than just uh, a website. Did they ask for social media handles when you were applying for that?
2: They did. and most places these days, do. I mean, they want to know Instagram. They want to know, you know if you have LinkedIn. Um, they want to know uh, if you have a website, uh, personal website, which I do, and I tend to um, have a, you know, getting getting that 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 initial kind of like. Um, ball rolling, seeing a vision for your website, just getting something out there really is important. And kind of, it's almost like solidified or I'll say gelled. I do have a blog that I update and I have recently added my graphic design portfolio. However, um, I really look at it as what I want to present. And so I'm comfortable um, leaving a lot of it the way it is. Having said that, I did just recently start working with a woman in Berlin and I'll be adding some pages to my site um, specific to... um, work that I'll be doing with her. So, yeah.
0: So I know there's so many opportunities that you have really grasped in your, in your lifetime. Um, specifically the most recent fellowship opportunity and the program that you're in right now and these different people that you're meeting internationally, how did you find those opportunities?
2: It's amazing. Um, I volunteered, And I was a member of um, an organization, it's a nonprofit in Austin uh, called the Austin Clubhouse. Uh, They're part of a global um, non-clinical program that's strength-based for any any adults with a mental health diagnosis. Um, Through that, I mean, I attended conferences on the East Coast. I got uh, certification as a peer specialist, which is someone with lived experience that helps others. It's everything from like, I mean, working uh, volunteer work to even going out with the police on calls uh, and de-escalating situations. I mean, that's some, that's some training, right? So um, that led to networking and just talking passionately and from the heart about things that matter to me. And that was so important in the foundation nonprofit world. Um, The fellowship I got was with the Hogg Foundation, which is part of the University of Texas endowment. Uh, I'll just say they have, I don't know if we should talk numbers specifically, but they have over 180 million dollars at their disposal. They're considered a smaller not, uh, foundation, um, but they give away about 11 million dollars a year. I was working as a policy analyst in that in that capacity, and I had met people over the years that uh, that worked had gone through the program, and they were like, "You'd be great for this," you know. Um, they. Uh, They were great, and I still um, maintain network with them on things like LinkedIn, and I'm sure we're going to run into each other in conferences and things because part of my vision for the company is to keep putting resources back into the corporation and along the way start a foundation. And then, you know, as inevitably we all are going to pass away, um, and we need to think about that potentially as I'd like for a portion of this corporation to go, those resources to go back into things that I'm passionate about, like mental health and um, community and service.
0: Hmm. Awesome. Man, some so some images just started to like flash in my mind from back when you first joined Aspen Art curation, um, some posters that you have that you had made um, surrounding these topics. And I just yeah, I just kind of got like a little flashback to that. And I'm loving the mental health thread and theme. Like was this is this something that happened during your breakdown? Or when you were younger? Did you have any sort of notion of mental health?
2: Well, I had always looked to people, I remember at at university, I looked to people who were in that world and they were happy, right? Their core is like, they're they're service to people, they're they're just, all those different layers that stack up to um, being productive and exponential growth come from um, a good place, right? Like it's easier to work when you're coming from a good place and you know who you are and you know what you're about. I wasn't exposed to a lot of that at a younger age. yes uh, we did do things in the community um but now it's really like the core it's moved you know to my core um that when i was diagnosed with a mental health uh, mental illness um i was i was ashamed i was like anybody who has didn't have medical training let's say um and it took a while for me to discover this world and when i did i found acceptance i found um i found authenticity um i found honesty. And um, I was happy to do that and it really um, invigorated me. And um, like, you know, I just, it took time and I, I challenge anyone else to compress that time and, and be brave and embrace it. If they are in, the, in my shoes, um, let me be a, 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 an example of what's possible in terms of like happiness and, and it's gonna be okay, right? Um, so one, one of the big things I did that was milestone for me was an interview on NPR. And it's still available online. Um, people find it, and I'll find new people in my life, and they'll and we'll have this conversation. and they'll say, "I've heard your interview on NPR, uh, where you discuss your mental health diagnosis." And I just I you know initially when I heard, I'd hear that I was just like, "Oh, this could be anything. that's going to happen." Anything, can, and they're like, "It's amazing." And and inevitably they say something like, "I have a cousin," "I have a son," "I have a brother." Uh, who's touched by the, by that as well. And, um, and it's just like, it's endearing. So be yourself and it'll pay dividends.
0: Oh, you'll have to send that to me and we'll link it in the show notes. Okay. That would be great. Oh, so what is your vision for your own foundation in the future?
2: That's a good question. I'm, it's a question mark at this point, but I would like to give money directly to people. Um, Uh, the, the word eludes me right now but I think you uh, direct payments um, grants? universal well grants is good universal okay. basic income like
0: oh okay not
2: a lot of paperwork I want people to come in I want to I want to have people working there that um, that really know people in need and say boom here's here's some money um, on a regular basis and um, use that time to um, explore who you are um, really kind of have a solid foundation. And that's so important. And it, it really, um, uh, for a lot of people, that's life-changing.
0: Yeah, definitely. What would the application process be like for that?
2: It would be very thin. It would not be essays. It would not be probably not social media or anything like that. It would be a conversation. Um, it would be um, expressing your vision for your life. And it could be anything from like going back to school, paying off bills, taking care—you know, taking time to take care of family. Um, It just kind of like gets gives people a different perspective. I found, um, and I'll discuss it, and I'll I can get into that in a minute how how I know that. Um, And um, it's it's just something that people take and run with.
0: Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about how yeah how you know that.
2: So I'm currently, I'm um, an Air Force veteran. right at a high school before I went to uh, college. I um, I was in the Air Force in Europe. And it was something that my dad said, you need to go in the Air Force, son. You need to go, you need to do this. And I was like, okay, dad, uh, okay, um, I trust you. I will do that with my life. Um, it's, it, was the, it was something that um, my dad passed away from cancer and it was something I, I felt obligated to do as a young, as a very young, uh, you know, 18 year old. So um, did that and it's paid off dividends for me. Um, I know other people are in different walks of life and, and um, that may not be an option, but um, that as a result of that, um, I have gotten some, in a program called the VRAP program, which pays for my um, tuition here at the San Francisco Film School and also pays a stipend. So that means I just make films and pursue my passions for the time being.
0: That's amazing. So you have seen um, something like a, would you call that a universal income though? You called it a stipend. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's a stipend. Um, maybe I'm using the wrong word, but it's it's over a year's worth of income, tax-free, uh, monthly, pay, paid monthly. And it's uh, you know $5,000. So And my housing is also covered. So that really means that, um, and I've always carried a low overhead, so um anyway it's not a universal basic income what would you what do yeah.
0: you think a, yeah, a stipend yeah i'm wondering yeah i'm just you know i'm gonna follow along your journey in life and so i'm gonna be watching how all this unfolds for you and how you brand it and your foundation and how it's how it's marketed and all of that because that's i say the words branded and marketed because that is what we see we only see the branding and the marketing unless we're getting the client experience unless we're one of the recipients, unless we're on the inside of your foundation, the way we see it is going to be through that branding, which is shown through promotions and marketing. And I'm sure you're thinking a lot about that as you pitch, start to create your pitch deck for investors and do Your sales and marketing strategy, for your business plan. So, what what is your plan for getting uh, the word out there?
2: Well, definitely social media is going to play a part in that. Um, my filmmaking plays a part in that. I want to make I want to create an ecosystem where it's everything from filmmaking um, to uh, fashion line, and um, I'm really inspired by Ralph Lauren. Um, he has everything from you know cafes to high-end clothes and everything in between. And when I talked to my manufacturer about that, he was like, it's really hard to talk about Ralph because he's so, he's got everything so pinned down, you know, covered that, that it's like, it's just really hard to talk about that, but that's a great, you know, it's, it is about the journey. Uh, It's not necessarily about getting to that place. um, Although I'd love to. Um, uh, So yeah, I'm working towards that and having that in mind really helps. Um, My, my, um, my plan for marketing is the book. I current I just recently did a, um, a deal uh, where the they are going to uh, market the book for me. I do the questionnaires. They've created the assets. I okay the assets, and then that's that's um, everything from Amazon to Barnes and Noble and things like that. As a filmmaker, I do use myself as um, as a person as a principal in front of the camera. I'll do behind the scenes always. Um, I've got footage of that, um, discussing my mental health journey. And I, I write about what I know. So it's, my films are about peer specialists and people in therapy and, um, things like that. My, my fine artwork, I, I need to enjoy that as well. So I enjoy putting myself out there. Okay. So with the film, so, um, with the, the, the fine art, um, what I find is that, um, I like to disclose. And what I found is that there's a proper time and place to disclose things um, a lot of times. And knowing the, the field is important. Um, I wouldn't have an offhanded conversation necessarily with people that I just met about core things about me, but, the, but they will accept that in marketing uh, materials and, and people will accept that um, through media, I find.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My first time talking about my mental health um, diagnoses to the world was in an investor pitch deck. Actually, the first one was in a TED Talk application, and the second was in an investor pitch deck. And so it's it's interesting to hear you say that, like you know, you wouldn't disclose it in an offhand conversation, but in marketing materials, it makes sense. And it's almost counterintuitive, but it's it's so true. Like I wouldn't just bring this stuff up talking to anyone. But it's it's just so interesting that I'm willing to write this stuff down for the world, for people I don't even know. I think it's because it's a it's a statement and it's an educational opportunity for me to inspire and influence people to be themselves like you said and really get to know who they are and not be ashamed
1: of that.
2: Agreed. And you will you will create synergy. You will have gravity with people who identify with your experience. I feel like I get emails, um I get people contractors I work with will will you know look me up and and they'll send me notes saying, uh, "I also have a diagnosis, and I just wanted you to know that I'm getting your book. I, I think it's fascinating. I want to see that. You know, it's available on Audible, and so I'm getting that." Or they'll look at the trailer for, the, you know, for the book, um, and um, just it just goes on and on. So
0: yeah, and it is all about the build, right? It's one thing after the next, and it's not about that shiny object syndrome or the mountain peak. It's about each and every step writing the book, sharing the book, listening to people's feedback, meeting people because of the book. And then you have the film and you have this vision for, for branding and a a large nonprofit that gives back on so many levels. And I love how you said, you know, it's not a, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but it's not about getting there necessarily. It's about building it. And I, I see that as a more sustainable approach and an opportunity for you to leave a legacy. Like you'll have been built something that gets passed on. Uh,
2: you know what you can, anyone of us uh, can work on our soul is what I call it. Right. You work on your values, you work on who you are, you work on your, your boundaries, you, you get to know yourself and who you are. And cause at any point in your journey, you can um, exponentially grow depending on who you meet and who you click with and they can just add currents or you know resources to what you're doing and at that point you have to know and be about who you are you know what it's really about because you're going to you start this big and then next the next day or you know very soon you're this big and it's just going to it's just going to um, amplify who you are that 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 person that on the inside you know
0: yeah that's the that's the key right, is to find that person and to truly be able to shine that light through you and onto others. I definitely find that challenging just being, I don't know, I like absorb people's energies and um, I make it a point not to, but sometimes I can get, you know, rubbed the wrong way by something and it trickles down and affects the rest of my day. And maybe it's even something that I induced, like a mistake that I made, or I forgot something. And When we let those things snowball, it's not letting that that soul person inside of us run. Instead, we're letting fear run. And I really do believe that you create your own reality by the way you respond to life. If we run around reacting to everything with notifications on our phone, constantly responding to every email we get, and every time there's a ping, we look like even that alone is training your brain to be reactive. And so you can then find yourself to be more reactive in social situations. But when we can just calm the noise and center ourselves and practice that, we then will begin to practice responding. And then responding will actually become the thing that is most comfortable and most natural, not the reaction, not the high stress, more so this calm, chill, center soul being. Leading the charge.
2: Well said. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, yeah, reacting is something that you do. I think a lot of times when you're not sure what you want to do, you're looking for something. You have questions that you want answered. Um, so yeah, get into your soul.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, the soul. I call uh, myself a soulpreneur. Have you ever heard that word? I haven't. No.
2: That's oh cool.
0: man gonna be your new favorite, yeah. So it's like entrepreneur but soulpreneur. Very good. Yeah. I really
2: like that. Yeah.
0: Uh some of the women that I trained with about five years ago when I started learning about life coaching and how life coaches organize their their clients and their members into group programs and memberships. And one on one, the woman that I connected with the most and decided to join her group. She was marketing to soulpreneurs, people that just had this drive and this passion inside of them that they almost couldn't control. It, it's it's like, this is what you're meant to do and there's just nothing else. This this is it. It's the soul calling. And that soul calling can change. But to be one that always follows that soul calling is soulpreneurship.
2: I love that. And I have to say that like when we started working together I laid the money out for that. I was happy to do it. I didn't know what to expect, but I felt a change in what I was doing. Because before that, a lot of it was like, I have dreams. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then next thing I know, I was communicating that to you. You were, you were communicating back to me things that I needed to do. I had a plan that you helped me create. Actually, I think you created it. And, what, and the other thing I remember is you put me in touch with a, a coach. I, I loved it, the fact that you're, in, you're an Olympic-level uh, athlete. And you put me in touch with a, a woman who was also an Olympic-level a- uh, athlete. Fantastic presentation. Um, yeah. We made contact on LinkedIn. Um, it's just so important. It was, an, it was an important time in my life, and, and I encourage any, uh, other people to do it. I really do. Oh,
0: man. Yeah. So, okay, what is talking about is these one-on-one sessions that I do. And before before you get on any sort of Call with me or join any of my programs. You have to fill out a form. It's an application, and it's long. I know that, and I lose people through that, and that's okay. That's the point, actually. Uh, well, one of the points. And these questions that you know, I, re- I made leap answer <laughs> uh, went a little something like this: If you could do anything, if time, money, responsibilities didn't matter, what would you be doing? Where would you be living? how would you speak to yourself in the privacy of your mind? What would people think and feel when they were near you? Like really sit down and describe your dream life. And then another question would be, where do you find yourself five years from now, 10 years from now, and 20 years from now? And it might seem simple, but have you ever actually sat down and journaled on that as like a requirement to move forward doing something you wanted to do? It's super powerful. I think there's probably 12 or so questions all along that. I talk about the cost of inaction. If you don't move forward on your vision, you know what's going to happen? What do you think your life would be like a year from now if you didn't do this? And another question would be, um, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, do, you, do you have one on the top of your
1: mind?
2: I uh, What comes to mind when you're talking about that is the, the important effect that accountability has on people. Because as an entrepreneur, mm. You spend a lot of time outside of organizations. Like you, you go into organizations. Yes, you pass through them. You are networking. You're doing those things, but accountability—the accountability I got from your from your involvement in my um, in my vision and your and the, the tools that you brought to 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 me was um, was like very important because accountability is something that you get in like large corporations that, are, that are, um, you know you have a manager um, you have an ecosystem. This is vital. This is vital, I think, for, for anyone that wants to move ahead with their plans.
0: Yeah, well, that's such a good point. I've shied away for a while from using the word accountability because, but I actually just started again in my marketing um, like a couple days ago. So I love that we're talking about this. Um, because I, for a while, I saw account like marketing myself as your accountability partner being like, I have to hold your hand and like convince you that you need to do something. But that was like a mindset shift that I had to get over because that's not it at all. It's exactly what you're talking about, Leaf. It's We're entrepreneurs. We can have all of these ideas. In fact, we have so many ideas that it's sometimes hard to stay focused. And when we're the only ones running our business and no one's telling us, you know, when we have to get this done um, or just looking at what we're doing and saying, hey, did you ever think about this? Or, oh my gosh, I see a pattern in your work here have you ever described yourself as this? I mean, such simple things can just change the game for you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Analysis is another another thing that was important. You analyzed, based on my response, based on conversations, yeah. who I was, how you saw me in the marketplace, how you saw um, the things I was doing. That There was so much coming at me so quickly, which I love, right? I love rich <laughs> environments. Yeah. I couldn't possibly do at all, which is fine, I think, for people who... Who are in that in my shoes at that point? If you can't do it all, that's fine. Find things that within that that are presented to you that you can do, or that you're passionate about, and work towards that. It goes. It, it's it, it, it. happens to be something that that that's written down. It happens to be something that that sooner or later, you know, it's, a, it's another point that you that you have, and you're like, oh, that's right. I've heard this before. I thought about this before. I'm going to move towards that now that I can do it. So it was, it was great. I love, I mean, with your discipline as an athlete, I mean, that's, that's incredible because you, as an entrepreneur, you, you really have to be kind of an athlete. You have to train for that.
0: Yeah. I, I'm not an Olymp, Olympic level athlete, but I did go to the junior Olympics and I was a professional ski mountaineer. So that was pretty, I love that. pretty disciplined. Yeah. Cause yeah, I didn't have a coach with that. That was me. I mean, I had, had coaches my whole life. I was like second in the nation in giant slalom. Um, when I was nine or eight I mean it was yeah it, then it just like went uphill from there and then it went downhill from there and I peaked and didn't know if I was ever gonna ever I was ever gonna be professional really I mean I never after college I didn't really ski race anymore and so I had to find this new thing to do and yeah I mean I don't know where the discipline came from maybe it's just training from years but I started climbing mountains and getting sponsors and that, that was my first brand that was my first company, I guess, just me, myself, and I as an influencer and an, and an athlete, that was actually a hard thing to juggle to be an actual athlete and an influencer because you don't exactly have the opportunity to like take photos of everything all the time when you're hanging off the side of cliffs and like trying to set records.
2: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Right. Get maybe one of those drones that has like, um, that, that tracks you like that. Maybe It'd that's a new cool. thing in, in rock climbing and mountain climbing. That'd be really cool. Yeah.
0: It'd be heavy, but um, if it flew the whole time, yeah. that would be great. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. The discipline had to have been what from the athletic world had to have been what's helped me in the entrepreneurial journey.
2: Yeah, and I think in practical terms, like uh, you do. I mean, just going to the gym as an as a as an entrepreneur is important. I say that. Yeah. Uh, however, I must say that that th- I I need to get back in the gym as an entrepreneur because you can like focus so strongly on your on your um, business and things like that that um, you've got to take time you know, to break away. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, either either take the time or, or you, will, you will get to a point where you must take the time to, to relax. Yeah.
0: Ain't that true? Emotional burnout. You guys have heard me say it before. It's the, one of the leading causes of failure for entrepreneurs. Uh, 51% actually that don't make it past the five-year mark burnout And uh, you really don't want to wait until it's too late because then there's just going to be another integration period where you have to go in your cocoon and relearn how to be you and what you want before you can step back into the world of business. If You truly do burn out from something and you're recuperating financial costs, time loss, all health issues, which is normally first, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you're not sleeping and you're maybe not... You don't have a schedule that's consistent every day and you're throwing your body off eating different things because you're going to a meal with this person and then you're quick shoving a bar in your mouth before you go and do this thing and you're just stacking your days. It's tiresome.
2: And part of my journey um, to health and recovery was acknowledging that I need things like staycations. I need to go, you know, it's not a luxury. It's a necessity when you're an entrepreneur, right? And and so it's like, good, good food, eating, eating properly is, is important and it keeps you happy and ha- from happiness, from a, from a happy place is, um, less anxiety and, and just, uh, more productive if, you know, if mm-hmm. you care to be more productive, I mean, it's not, it, it can be a less, a lower priority than, than things like, um, enjoying life because mm. that's what it's about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You do have to enjoy life. Um, what I, what I found, just a couple of tips for anyone that's feeling the need to relax and recharge. There's little things that you can do during the day um, that will actually make you more productive. You might at first freak out because you're not going to be spending as much time, as much busy work on your business. Just hear me out. So in the mornings, instead of going straight to your phone, give yourself an hour or two. Get up early if you have to and go outside and get your eyes in the sun. Open them up. I mean, I'm in Michigan. It is so cloudy, but even through the clouds, you get so much more. I think it's something like a hundred times more actually um, of the specific light wave into your eyes, just with no barrier versus having a some sort of screen or window, including your car window, and then moving your body. If, if working out, feels like a chore or like it's too much, call it a movement practice. How can you move your body and just be in tune with this physical self here on this planet? Because we, you know, I'm staring at two cameras right now and I got the mic and I got the Wi-Fi. I'm absorbing all these EMFs. So that's just, that's science. That is real. EMFs are real. And so we do need to discharge from those and going outside midday to do a little breath work with my feet in the ground that has been amazing that and the sun in the morning even just the rays through the clouds outside has been awesome and then when I don't do it because it's raining I will do this in the rain but if I decide I don't want to because it's raining I tend to then snowball and then I won't do it for a couple of days and then I stop doing my PT and then I start wanting junk food it's so amazing how. When one thing gets tweaked or thrown off, it's easy to go back down the spiral of of old habits. And and so this really is if you want to be an entrepreneur or if you want to just be someone that actually enjoys life and is able to handle the ups and downs and not break down every single time, it's important to take care of yourself.
2: Agreed. Your mind and your body, right? Um, The
0: mind first, almost like your mind will kill
2: you before your body never never under sort of estimate the importance of your environment right like your physical environment green grass blue skies mm-hmm. um museums are great real inspiring to me You've mm-hmm. seen people you know create new things and they're like wow it's exciting that's how i get um, nature yeah. animals all of it conversations yeah, well, it laughs with people yeah yeah
0: you have to find those things it sounds like all of those things bring you joy and I actually I just signed up for karate before this call because I was like I need to find something that brings me joy. I got all upset this morning because of podcast interview. Like I didn't have my headphones, I couldn't figure out how to work it. Chris wasn't here to help me, and I just let that kind of snowball my emotions for for too long. And so I went outside and did my breath work. Um, ate some more steak because I'm just eating. Oh, meat that's right. right now. Yeah, I've been
2: following. Oh, I've been following goodness. your journey with that. That's cool.
0: Jeez, I don't recommend it, but it's what I am doing for my mental health. Um, and then I signed up for karate and now my, my whole, my whole world has shifted. <laughs> right on. Yeah.
2: You're going to be like breaking bricks and chopping wood Maybe. in no time. Yeah. Right on. I, 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 I needed
0: my second mountain from mountaineering. So that's done. So. <laughs> oh, you've, you've
2: done two, two mountains now or multiple oh, I mountains. Four, yeah. More I was than say, two I, mountains. I know. I've seen you. Um,
0: the second mountain journey is, um, it's a book actually, the second mountain. And so you climb your first mountain in life. You get to the summit and you realize there's so many other peaks to climb and now I must descend. I got to the summit. I hope I enjoyed the walk up mm-hmm. because now I'm going back down to the valley and this tends to be like, the most dangerous part, it?
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, your if map. you're not
0: stable, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I meant by second mountain karate is my, my new thing since I'm not ski mountaineering anymore.
2: <laughs> Whoa, that's rad. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I just recently got back into yoga and stretching mm. so um, yeah it's yoga is amazing for your mind and your body I find it mm-hmm. really great and yeah it's exciting
0: yeah that's a movement practice and when you it's also a breath work practice um, yoga can also be cardio yoga is great if I couldn't find karate I was gonna look at yoga next <laughs> I've had great experiences with yoga studios the communities are amazing it's for me like when I when I go work out or do anything outside my home it's, it's always about networking. And it, not not necessarily like for my business, but for life. Like who can I meet? What person can can I bring joy to in the day? What person am I gonna meet that changes the rest of my life?
2: I when I moved here, I lived um, half an hour walk from the school where I where the studio is and where the equipment is and everything. And um, I would walk to school, pretty soon I noticed, hey, there's a there's an art gallery I like. Pop in, talk with the gallery owner. Next thing you know, I'm making a documentary about one of the um, painters there, uh, which we made. They're all excited about it. We shoot it. It's, it's good to go. Um, next thing I know, we're talking about making more things together. So yeah, so the painter at this gallery is from Uruguay and um, I'm getting hits on my website from Uruguay. The film is getting seen because we I, I shared it with them and it's being seen in you know Latin America. Um, down the street is a, a kiosk and I talked to them and next thing I'm making a little short documentary about them as well and networking you know talking to the cinematographer who's helping me he's he's wonderful and he's very professional and so now I have that connection as well and we're going to shoot some things some more things together and so like you said it just it just goes on and on
0: yeah you know you weren't just on your phone with your blinders on walking to school every day you walked you walked into some place and you talked to someone and look at everything that happened
2: yeah yeah exactly uh,
0: So I am curious, you, okay, I'm just going to lay it out. You were raised to be an entrepreneur. You were born to be an entrepreneur. I think you have the entrepreneurial gene, if there was one, and you studied film in school. You're such a go-getter. I'm just sitting here like, what could I possibly have taught you? Like what really stood out with the trainings that you got as a part of my, my program?
2: Yeah, I mean how do I, how do I put this? Um, two things. One is confidence. I gained confidence from doing the work that you presented to me because I had, like I said, I had done this journey and I was getting back into entrepreneur. I was getting back into creating things for uh, an audience and I needed a little push, right? I needed some, a little pull and a push. And I got that. Um, and then the other thing was that the world I came from was, um, kind of technology, um, back in the, Let's say with the '80s and even earlier, and so that world was like really kind of like um, back in those days. It was um, more of a—I don't know if you want to put this in, in there—but it was it was kind of like a lot of masculine energy, right? And the nonprofit,
0: we'll, we'll keep that. Yeah, okay,
2: good. And the <laughs> yeah. nonprofit world, and the foundation world, is a lot of feminine energy. And to get into that world, um, you have to have a, you have to be open and have a mindset, you know, um, that that's that's open to like energy that's that comes from a different place you know and that's a really good that's a really good thing for all men to learn and the other thing i got from from that was um the one thing i will take from the masculine uh, energy that i I got early on was um go out there and talk to people that you um want to talk to and don't be try not to be afraid and it gets easier and and they're not gonna they're not gonna bite
0: Yeah. Yeah, man, I love that. So you mentioned confidence and the energetics part. Um, this is I'm doing a little market research, so this is helping me because me inside my own business, it's difficult for me to explain what I do. It's difficult for me to, in whatever six sentences on my website, explain the transformation that happens with in the the programs and confidence, a training in confidence. I feel like that is partially from the bipolar, to be honest. Like I am, I do teach competence at an Olympic level because I have these delusions of grandeur that have allowed me to believe that I am the one here to do this thing. And no one can possibly stop me other than myself. And as long as I do things for good and with, um, with love in my heart, everything will work out. And that is what I teach my people. The people that want to be in my world, this world of limitless possibility and love being able to create a business and live a life with putting yourself first and, and doing it for the greater good.
2: Yeah. And two things I will say that I know about you is you have your ethical and your ambition is not beyond your what you're comfortable ethically doing, which really, mm-hmm. that is so important that is so important. People notice that, and they want to work with people like that. And you model that behavior.
0: You create, the, you create you. the
2: environment for that.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I think having faith really helps me with that. That's helped. You know, there's certain principles in life that I follow, like honesty, and um, not so much humility all the time, but <laughs> definitely the honest part. And having faith has also allowed me to sit back and surrender with that feminine energy, knowing that the universe has got my back, everything is working out in divine timing, just as it may. Now I still, when I get upset and things rustle my day, I feel that emotion. I don't, I do not shove that under the rug. I feel it. I actually, I I do my best to kind of ignite it so it grows so that I can let it go let it go let it turn from a flame into gas
2: that is the one of the key things that men can learn from women is mm-hmm. emotions matter express your emotions talk about them and like maybe the way if I, you know women might cons- might think that um, that talking in a business environment about about things or just going to strangers and talking to them they may not be comfortable with that men are a lot of men aren't comfortable talking about their emotions but there's a strength to that there's a real power in that like I've seen women in business settings talk about their feelings to a CEO and the CEO will respond to that in a, in a way that's like the men are like, wow, like that was incredible that you, that you touched, that you're they're now connected with this person on that level. So that's something we can all learn. And it's great for personal relationships too to learn that.
0: I was just going to talk about partnerships. Yeah. Being in partnerships, I've realized that women are born just with this innate ability to feel your emotions and men don't have that I mean I'm sure some do but a lot of the men, men that I've met they have learned how to feel emotions from women either their friends or mother if they've got one and their girlfriends and it's our job now to learn how to teach this thing that we just grew up knowing how to do like I would never be able to teach someone how to ski because I don't remember learning how to ski and so being able to teach something that's innate to you is that it's challenging but it's also kind of a it's like a purpose
2: and, and you know the nonprofit world is full of women leaders I mean leadership that's from the yeah. women right and they set yeah. the tone in the culture and if men will go there and it, I think we naturally kind of like are quiet around that culture in at, at the beginning and and so we observe you know men observe that culture um, get comfortable with that culture and see the strength in that and bring it bring it to your um, endeavors in life and um, you'll be better off. So it's great to see like women like succeed in that, you know, and like Mm -hmm. they do have um, a lot, it's a lot of currency, you know, and I think women should always remember that.
0: Yeah. I love how this conversation has evolved into what men and women can learn from each other. I think women have a lot to learn from men as well. Um, I'm pretty sad about the direction like the feminist movement has gone with like the emasculation of men and, um, just men now being afraid to like hold the door open for a woman, and what i would what I would really like to share to any women out there listening to this before you get all upset that I said I'm not a feminist um I do believe that we're equal in that of course like if you don't, it's weird um <laughs> but in terms of like women needing to be like men i don't i don't I don't agree with that I think that we can look and learn a lot from a man and position in the world, his hustle, his drive, his ability to have routine and do things every single day and just get up and do it again and recharge overnight and have this internal fire and fuel fueled by passion and purpose. Like that is a man, A, a woman for me, most comfortably, she leads, she leads from a different space. She has a 28 day cycle to start different hormones she can let the man lead while still running the show ladies and sit back and surrender knowing that she gets to feel her feels she gets to truly be who she is in her cycle and her wild womanness and know that her man is there stable and sturdy every day and that if and when he falls she will be there ready to pick him back up so like that is that dynamic that i see and i think instead of women trying to be men we should just praise them and learn from them instead of trying to compete with them because mm-hmm. we're different and mm-hmm. we're better, but we're different. <laughs>
2: um, two things that, uh, that came to mind and that is one is, um, feminism I believe is better for us all is like, when we all do better, right? Men and women. Mm-hmm. Sometimes gender bias is a way of that. It's, it's an expression of people's, um, um, understanding of of feminism but i think that's gender bias is different than feminism feminism's like i said better we all do better under feminism the other thing is i really suggest that like men and women but but men regarding their mother like going to therapy and like really like discuss like your your relationship with your mother if your mother if if you are lucky enough to have a great mother you know admire your mother and really like start thinking about like what she brought to your family, it's, you know, it can be obvious or it can be something that you didn't think of before. If your mother was, was not who you want her to be, or you didn't get enough out of that relationship, get to the point where you, you forgive your mother because you, you'll be better off. I really believe that if you can get work to that point where you forgive your mother, try to understand why she was the way that she was, um, you can release a lot of that, a lot of that, um, uh, disappointment in your
0: life. Oh, thanks for saying that. I totally agree. And women, same goes for you and your daddies. It's really, and I don't know why it's a psychological thing. Women apparently have a tougher time getting over daddy wounds. And yeah, men are more affected by the mommy wounds. I've seen it play out in life. I don't understand why. It is fascinating to me. Um, but even if you don't think that you have something wrong with your relationship with your parents, still therapy is amazing. Like even when things are going well, therapy is amazing. It's the same reason coaching is amazing because it's that analysis. It's someone else looking at your brain and looking at you and how you respond or react to the world and dissecting that. And yeah, sometimes it ends in a diagnosis, but let's just forget about that. And let's talk about the fact that there's someone there whose job it is to listen to you and to help you and to see outside of your own bullshit, which can be just this tornado storm inside your head at all times. I know we've all felt it. It's, um, they say depression can give you tunnel vision and it's, it's so true. I've experienced it many times. And when it lifts, it's like the blinders come off, like you're a horse at the race and the blinders lift. And so even if you're in a space of lift in a space where everything seems to be going great, if you haven't already explored talk therapy, I cannot recommend it enough or coaching. Honestly, I, I've done both at the same time for the last five years. So more coaching than therapy even, but I've been doing therapy since I was like in eighth grade, I think.
2: Wow. And you know, there are apps out there where you can get free trials uh, and I say, Hey, put one in, Get get that experience, and if if it means um, down the road that you you have the resources to take more um, therapy, you know, incorporate that into your lifestyle at that point. And there are a lot of therapy um, session, or a lot of therapy schools out there that have sliding scale, so
0: mm-hmm.
2: you can. That's yeah. an option just for for other people people that that need that help.
0: Oh, I, there's I yeah. Scale. I mean, if what I use
2: sliding scale, I've used sliding yeah. scale before,
0: definitely same yeah Yeah, I've used free services before too I was gonna say there's no it's it's never I can't afford it it's you just don't want it which is totally fine but we throw the word afford around a lot as like an excuse so we don't have to show ourselves why we're not doing something Um, I think that was actually one of the marketing pieces for the last round of Aspen Art Curation that you signed up for I think it was like a reel and I said stop wearing a Ford like a badge of honor because Affording—it's just a word that we throw around as an excuse. It's either a priority to you or it's not. Like you can always find anything you want. There are so many grants, grant programs out there, private funding opportunities, public funding opportunities, um, free. There's always off. There's always opportunities for free services. There's a help center line that you can call if you're having a psychiatric emergency. I mean, there is always. Something I do understand and have been paralyzed to the point of not being able to even feed myself for weeks. So I know what it's like to know the services are out there, but also be so brain fogged and down and depressed that you can't even take care of yourself. So that's that's different, and that's why community is important. It's really important to have people on your side. It's family is first for me. If you don't have family, you gotta find you gotta find people. It's up to you.
2: Yeah, yeah, agreed. I mean, um, I was racking my, my brain while you are talking, like, how I could um, help that along for people who are maybe in their home and thinking that they can't or, or they don't feel comfortable um, or they can't uh, get out and do things um, with that. But, um, you yeah, know, there's always group. There's group online, Zoom, um, ther- group therapy as well. And that's really right. can be cathartic for people to share their experiences and identify with others that, that are yeah. in, the same, in the same shoe.
0: Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm glad you said that, because in my mind, I was thinking, because I've been in multiple Zoom rooms, Zoom therapy sessions, group, well, tons of Zoom one-on-one therapy, and also group. Um, and they're, it's really powerful. I don't, I've been to two AA meetings in my life. I don't consider myself an alcoholic, although I'll never drink again. I've been sober for three years. Um, I did go to two AA meetings back-to-back, <laughs> I think on a holiday, like the evening and the morning of. And it was an experience to sit there and listen to everyone. It was healing and traumatizing, which is part of the reason I didn't go back <laughs> to listen to everyone's stories, because they were, they were really intense, some of them. And it's, it was the only place you could tell that pe- these people were able to feel seen and heard and stand up and um, speak, speak from their heart. And there's something really powerful listening to someone speaking from lived experience, speaking from their heart, and speaking from a place of, I still don't know. If I'm going to be okay, I still don't know um, what's going to happen, but I'm here. I'm standing another day, and it just reminds you that you're not alone.
2: Right, right. I was a uh, for years, and I still do attend when I have time. Um, NAMI, which is a, I think I get the acronym rights, National Association of Mental Illness or uh, Alliance of Mental Illness, Mental Illness. They have meetings um, coast to coast and around the world, if I'm not mistaken, in Europe as well. That um, you kind of talk about where you are that day, like you share your experience, you check in, um, and it's guided. There is there are people who guide the the experience for you, and um, so that's been really helpful for me at times.
0: Oh, I love the direction this conversation has went. I'll make sure telling you, Chris, right now. Can you grab links to all the things that we've said and drop them in the show notes for everyone? That would be great. Chris is my partner; he edits the pod. Right on, right <laughs> on. Hi, Chris hey chris everyone say hi chris thanks chris love you chris <laughs> um this conversation has been so amazing there's going to be links in the show notes um leave thank you so much for coming on and i've gotten to learn even more about you which has been so amazing I do. yeah
2: this it's conversation is amazing like we got real right it's really
0: uh-huh. it's really
2: refreshing so yeah really yeah.
0: cool. yeah and if you guys if you are someone that you know you know the services are available and you can't do anything please reach out to someone and if you're someone looking for services your google is your friend so
2: there's actually and yeah. there's actually the new um rollout of um is it 988 the new mental health um i think oh, yeah. maybe look that up and well as well that'll go
0: in that's brand yeah, new yeah. Like,
2: yeah instead of yeah, 9 it's one like a one. crisis line yeah it's a crisis line so
0: yeah yeah we'll drop that in for sure Right well, thank you so much Enjoyed I feel it. like there's gonna be a collab in our future somehow some way agreed
2: agreed I really enjoy working with you It's good energy so
0: I'm so glad you found me <laughs> Thank too. you Instagram
2: yeah <laughs> till next and time if you guys
0: want have yeah, you guys want to reach out to leaf his contact information will be in the show notes too but do you want to let people know yourself how to find you
2: Sure uh, I'm at leafmacrum.com or leafmacrumtors.com. And I'm on Instagram at, at Leaf McCrum Taurus as well.
0: Great. All right. You can go click those links in the show notes. Oh, and I've
2: also got my new um, corporate website, which is um, Golden Presidio. is the name of my company, goldenpresidio.com.
0: How do you spell that? Presidio? Golden
2: Presidio. P-R-E-S-I-D-I-O. All
0: right. We'll have lots of links for you guys. So many resources. And until next time, this is Leaf McCrum Taurus, and I am Natalie see you, guys. See
1: you later. hey loyal listener please rate and review this podcast your feedback is needed and you matter it would be an honor if you shared this with a friend send this episode to whoever pops into your mind first it's like a little exercise on intuition and trust that that insight is the hand of god working through you to make someone else's life better today Visit themadelineshow.com to stay up to date on my free trainings and different offerings, including self-paced online programs that activate your mind and enhance your life. Who knows, maybe you'll find something today that completely changes your tomorrow.